You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. So, have you got your Bibles with you? Excellent. Um, You can open them if you'd like over to 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to try to keep this relatively short. 1 Samuel chapter 30. What the Lord put on my heart to share with us this morning, the basic idea is we are a grateful people and a people of praise regardless of what's going on in our life. And and the truth is, and we've studied so many of these things, the, the Bible teaches us that in Christ we have a hope, an expectation of good that is not related to circumstances. It's It's completely engaged with who God is, what Jesus has done, what the word, what the promises of God are for us. We have joy available on the inside. Not always happiness. Happiness and joy are two totally different things. Joy is a fruit of the spirit on the inside of us. We can have joy in the worst circumstances. We see that really clearly in Paul's life when he was in jail in in, uh, Philippi. We'll talk about that a little later. But one of the things we see there, those guys were in a horrible situation and they they expressed praise because they were full of joy. So we have hope, we have joy. Uh, we can uh, we can approach very difficult situations, circumstances uh, with courage. Uh, we we never really have to give in to the the domination, the tyranny of the circumstances of life. We can live beyond that. So so we pretty much are always living our lives in this earth. There's always something out there that we can focus on that looks like big trouble coming down the road, right? I mean, there's always something. And there's always, we always have both the choice and the ability to not allow that attitude and that idea, whatever that threat is to dominate our response. We can always be a people of praise in every situation. So I'm just going to share Two examples of that with you this morning. In uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I'll just talk through this down to verse 6. David was having what anyone would call a bad day, okay? Uh, He and his his men, his army had come back to their camp while they were gone, doing what they were supposed to be doing, okay? They weren't just out partying. They were doing what they were supposed to be doing, They got sent home. When they got home, enemies had come in, had stolen everything they owned. All their stuff was gone. Their camp had been burned and their wives and daughters had been kidnapped and taken away by the enemy. And they came and the scripture says there that that first it says, David and all of his men, they grieved. So it's not like we never have a time of grieving. God ordains grieving as as long as that's done right. But grieving is supposed to get us from one place to a place of victory, okay? But as the man, David and his men grieved, it says they wept until they could weep no more. Anybody ever do that? I've actually, I've done that. Probably most of us have done that. Have actually wept until it just, I guess I was dried out. I don't know what the deal was. It was, they just couldn't, there was no more to come out. That's where they were. 
So that was bad enough. But then all David's men, all those people. So, so here's David. And he's, he's dealing with the grief of his own loss of everything he had and his wives. And, and then he's dealing with the grief over his people, over his men, what they were feeling. And he was feeling that deeply. And so he's dealing with all of that. Plus, he's the one responsible for coming up with whatever the plan's going to be. He's dealing with all of that. And then the scripture tells us here in verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed for the men spoke of stoning him because the souls of all of them were bitterly grieved. All right. So the next thing is his man that he cares so much about turn around and say, you know what? This is your fault. And we're going to put you in a pit and throw rocks at you until you're dead. It was a bad day, okay? This was a bad day uh, for David. And it, and it says, they were, all of these people were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. And, you know, I don't want to go off in this direction, but hurt people hurt people. And that's just, that's just a fact of, of life. When people so often, when somebody is... Um, hurting us, it's because they're hurting. And I think it's really only through God's compassion that we can get a handle on that and begin to intercede for them in the way that we should and love them through that. But at any rate, each each man was grieving for the loss of his own sons and daughters. But David encouraged, but, notice that word, but. We're going to see this two times, okay? All this is going on, but. And that's that's the but we can live in, Okay. All this is going on. It looks really bad, but I have a choice here as to how I will respond. David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged and strengthened himself. Notice there really, there wasn't anybody else here to encourage or strengthen him. And, th- and that's an important element in our life. We want to be the people who encourage and strengthen those around us and all of that. But we've got to learn, each of us as believers, how to encourage and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Okay, what can, what can I do to begin to draw the strength and courage that the Lord makes available 24-7, 365? It's in Christ. It already belongs to me. What can I do to put a draw on that so that I can be strengthened and encouraged in the Lord. All right. And this is, I, I love this verse. David, David changed his attitude. It says he was, they were greatly distressed or he was greatly distressed. That phrase there means exceedingly distressed, far beyond the distress of everyday living. It means to be distressed to the point of being overwhelmed and unable to see beyond the problem. That's what that's what attacks, that's what problems coming in, that, that's what they want to do is get you to the point where you are distressed, to the point where you can't even see beyond that problem. All you can see is the problem. Distressed means to be filled with anxiety, fear, and frustration, leading to an overwhelming sense of discouragement, defeat, and depression. It goes far enough that it takes you to depression. So David was dealing with all of this. And then, again, I love it. The, the Bible says, but he encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. This word encouraged is the very same word that's translated over in 
Joshua chapter 1. Remember, they were about to, Moses had died. So again, they're coming through a time of grief. And the Lord comes to Joshua and says, okay, Moses, my servant is dead. Get up. We got to go on. You know, life, life does not come to an end right here. My plan doesn't come to an end right here. You get up. And he said to him several times in, in those passages, be, be very strong and courageous. And when the Lord says to us, be very strong and courageous, it's not like, okay, get it together, Fred. Get, get strong and courageous. There's, there's life. Every word from God carries the power to bring itself to pass, right? We know this. So when God speaks that or breathes that into our heart, there's courage and strengthening that comes with it. We need to hear from God in these situations. We need to hear what the Lord's saying. But this is the the exact same term in the Hebrew that's used here. It means to infuse with fresh courage sufficient to overcome. God, a lot of things, and I know in my heart this morning, there are things people in this room are facing that require courage. If you're going to stand up and even to stand in the face of overwhelming discouragement and say, no, I will praise my God. I will encourage myself and strengthen myself in him to stand up and begin to recount what you're thankful for in the face of that. That is a place of courage. And for a lot of, we all go through these times. I know there are people in here this morning. You need courage. Well, the Lord has it for you. All right, the Lord has it for you. It means to infuse with fresh courage, fresh courage, sufficient to overcome all that distress, anxiety, frustration. Because that stuff, distress, anxiety, fear, frustration, that wants to take up a throne in your life that, it, that doesn't belong to it. Jesus needs to be on that throne. All right, so, so there's something we can do here. We can say, but. So we're not saying, none of this is happening. My wives and my daughters are actually here in camp. None of my stuff has been taken. We're not doing that. We're saying, yep, this is the natural reality, but God has something bigger. Does that make sense to you? All right. So in order to strengthen ourselves in any area, Spirit, soul, body, we can all relate to this. If you're going to strengthen yourself and your body, you need to do things over and over again that are appropriate, that are specific, that are targeted to the area of your body you're trying to strengthen. Okay? If, if you're in here this morning, you know, we all know we don't build muscles by lifting weights one time, okay? We don't lose weight by only cutting down one meal, okay? There are things we have to do in the natural that have to be consistent, repeated. They have to become a habit. We have to change our lifestyle. The same thing's true in the spirit realm. We have to change. If we're going to draw on that strength from the Lord, we've got to change from letting the natural circumstance be on the throne to putting Jesus back on that throne. There's some very practical things uh, we can do, but we have to be consistent. We have to be persistent, okay? And a lot of times it's that small, persistent workout that actually strengthens what needs to be strengthened. It just needs to be focused on the right thing. Right now, I messed up my shoulder this last summer. I'm praying over it, but it's, it's, it's got issues. I mean, it, it works, but uh, 
it's got issues. And so I went, started talking to a physical therapist. Right now she has me doing the most ridiculous little tiny exercises. I mean, I look at her and go, really? And she's like, yep. Just do that consistently because some of the, the muscle that's actually giving me trouble is a really tiny muscle in the shoulder. It's, it's a little tiny muscle that almost everybody tears because, I mean, if you're going to tear anything. And, and so we're working on that. So it's, it's me being consistent. And that's why sometimes you need accountability. You got to go face that physical therapist every couple of days and say, yes, I did my exercises. Thank you. But that will make the difference. And a lot of times in the spirit, it's the same thing. We've got to be consistent at just getting into the word. We've got to be a consistent, just showing up in our prayer time. We've got to be consistent, calling out on the name of Jesus, applying whatever it is he shows to us. Does that make sense to you? All right, so quickly, in John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have perfect peace and confidence, courage, right? In the world, you will have tribulation. Remember that word tribulation means pressure that feels like it's going to crush you. Okay, that's literally what it means. You'll have tribulation, you'll have trials, you'll have distress, you'll have frustration, but be of good cheer. So there it is. There's another but, right? You're going to have all this stuff. We're in the world. This isn't heaven. All right, most of us have figured out this isn't heaven. And when we figure out this is in heaven, then we start to, then we can say, but. Jesus said, but. Be of good cheer. Here's your attitude. Here's all the stuff. Here's your attitude. All right. Be of good cheer. Why? Because I have overcome the world. I've deprived it of the power to harm you, and I have conquered it. It says in the Amplified, take courage, be confident, certain, and undaunted. That word undaunted means not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. Not discouraged, not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. That's an attitude. I will be undaunted. Why? Because Jesus has overcome whatever's coming against me. So what does that mean? That means in that day, I can be thankful. In that day. I can release praise from my heart and from my lips because God is always good. God always has an answer and he's already put the answer in place before that problem ever showed up in my life. Does that make sense? Are you with me? Okay. So one more, Acts chapter 16, I mentioned this to you. This is where Paul and his team uh, go to Philippi. Acts chapter 16, we're not going to read through it all. But they were actually called in a dream to go into this region. I mean, the Lord spoke to them in a dream. They weren't just, oh, well, maybe we should go here. Maybe we should go there. The Lord spoke to them and said to go to this region. They went to that region under the power of the Holy Spirit. They, they met with people. People got born again. People got filled with the Holy Spirit. People, uh, Paul, uh, set a little girl free from a demonic spirit, set her free. God was moving in that place. When he set her free, she had been, that demonic spirit in her had been making money for her masters, the people that she, she was a slave girl. And, 
And so they got mad. And so after all of this and revival starting and all of that, those guys, again, doing what they were supposed to do, right? And in that place, what did they end up with? They ended up getting arrested, getting beaten with rods, which was a situation where they would lay you down and they would beat your feet until all the bones were broken in them, knowing how hard it is to repair even a little. Can you imagine? Anyway, they were beaten with rods and they were put in prison. All right, bad day, right? I mean, you know, good day. People got saved and all that. I mean, it's, it's wonderful, but this is where they end up. But the scripture tells us, and, and we'll go over here. Uh, I'm going to look at, read from verse 25 in Philippians. Uh, I'm sorry, in Acts chapter 16. It's about the Philippians. It's not in Philippians. Acts 16, verse 25, reading from the Amplified. Okay, so all that had happened, they were in there with their feet in stocks in the prison. Verse 25 starts out with, but. But, okay, here's the big but. But about midnight, as Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the other prisoners were listening to him. So it doesn't even say about midnight. One of them looked at the other and said, oh, you know what? We should probably sing praise, you know? It just says, as they were doing it, it's like this was just what was coming out of their hearts. In that situation, with that coming against them, praise and worship, and they started singing and praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And suddenly there was an earthquake so that the very foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once all the doors were opened and everyone's shackles were unfastened. That's not natural. When the jailers startled out of his sleep, saw that the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was on the point of killing himself because he supposed the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, do not arm yourself for we're all here. And then he came in, he fell down, he recognized the miracle, the jailer and all his family got saved. And, the, and so, the, so the revival in Philippi went on, right? But in the middle of that, Paul and Silas they made a decision, or, or really, I mean, it looks to me like they did what was natural for them to do. There's, there's, and there's no discussion in any of this about, well, God had them beaten, had them arrested, had them put in prison because he was trying to teach them something. No, that was the devil trying to destroy what was going on in them and what was going on in that place. There's no discussion about that. I imagine... Well, never mind. I'm not going to say that. I don't need to say that. Thank you. Uh, but there's there's nothing like that. All there is is that these people, there was something going on so strong on the inside of them that when they faced all of this, it says, but they were there praising God. We can always be thankful. We can always. We can be, a, we are to be a people of praise. And you know what? It blows people away. And I and I'm not saying we do it to blow people away. I think the best witness that we can be is when we just let the reality of Christ in us roll out to other people. We just live like we live in front of our friends and our neighbors and our co-workers. We're excited about Jesus and we're not ashamed of it. Okay? 
we tell people around us. Some of them like it, some of them don't. Some of it like Jesus, some of them like Jesus, some of them didn't. You know, he said, it's going to be the same thing for you. So here are some things we can do. Number one, how do we strengthen ourselves in the Lord? How do we get to that? Okay, all this is going on, but, all right, what do we do? Number one is we can choose what we will dwell on. We can choose what we run through our brains and and what images we play out. We get to choose that. So an intentional remembrance of God's goodness and faithfulness regardless of circumstances will produce gratitude and release joy. An intentional remembrance. That means we're thinking we're thanking God all day every day. I like to thank him for the little tiny stuff. I tell you this every year at this time, probably other times. I, and I say this so often, I, 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 hot water runs out of our taps in the house. That's an incredible blessing, usually, right? That's an incredible blessing. We have plenty of wood to heat our home. We get to, we get to be in a warm home when it's two below zero outside. You know, we, I mean, it, it's just endless. We are an incredibly blessed people. But I, I, I really, and I will continue for my whole life, try and train myself not to just dwell on what's wrong, but to see the good and thank God for the good and declare the good and feed in that way the good. All right? So choose what you dwell on. Secondly, say it out loud. All right? We have an intentional remembrance of God's goodness. Now we're going to have an intentional expression of the gratitude. We want to be, the scripture tells us, be thankful and give thanks. Because those are two different things. Be thankful. That's my heart attitude. Give thanks. I'm letting it out my mouth. Okay? I'm saying it in prayer, but I'm saying it to other people. Regardless of circumstances, all right, having that built into our life, it, it just leads to a life of praise. All right? Put yourself or let the Lord put you on the right course and stay there. Okay, an intentional expression of praise will lead to an awareness of God's immediate presence. This is what I'm talking about, getting on the right course. I'm getting on the right course in my, in my thought life. All right, I'm, I'm intentionally remembering how good God is. I'm intentionally expressing that as praise. As I express that as praise, I become more and more aware of who he is and how good he is. And at some point, I will, I will have this sense of his presence, his personal presence. And when that happens, we are designed in such a way, when we become aware of God's presence, that the, the response of the human heart to an awareness of the presence of God is worship. That's, that's a response of our heart to who he is. And so we start on this course by thinking about and remembering how good he is, by letting that out our mouths, by, by praising him, by singing and praising him in the spirit and in our understanding, by, by taking, and again, this is intentional. We've got to carve out time. We should be, this should be our life. We should be carving out time for other things. But we've got to, at the very least, carve out time in our thought life and in who we are to be a people of praise. It'll lead you into a greater awareness of his presence. And in that place, you can hear what he has to say. You can receive the strength and courage. You can receive all of that 
because you're right there with him. Does that make sense? All right. And then finally, be present when God is present. Okay. Encounters with God bring strength and courage and joy and hope and faith and a number of other things. Encounters with him. So whether it's in your personal time, whether it's here in church, whether it's at a worship service, whether it's somewhere else, whether it's at a friend's house where you're getting together and praying together, wherever it is, when God is manifesting his presence, be present. And that means don't let your mind wander during your time with the Lord in the morning. Those times are precious. Most of us are giving, you know, that first part of the day to the Lord. And it's honestly in the scope of our life, even if we're doing that every day, it's a, it's a brief window. But it will change the whole rest of your day and the whole rest of your life. But we have to be present. We can't be, do you ever catch yourself? I do. Reading the Bible and suddenly realize, especially if you've read passages over many, many, many times, reading the Bible and suddenly realize, I was thinking about what I have to do at two o'clock this afternoon. Go back, read it again, paying attention to the Holy Spirit. We all do this. If things are pressing in on you when you're in your time with God, just have a little note. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think it's a good idea. Have a little notepad there or on your phone or whatever you do. And just write down whatever the, you know, oh, you got to remember to do this. You got to, okay, write it down. So your brain can let go of it and focus back on God. Okay, don't let that drive your time. But just as a practical tool, just get it somewhere where your brain knows you're going to remember and then let it go. But be present during those times where God is manifesting his presence. All right, one more passage and we're done. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 22. I'm just going to read these to you. This is like a six-month series uh, in these verses, but uh, it says, Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Wow. Be unceasing and persistent in prayer. When we're rejoicing, prayer is easy. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks. See there, be thankful continually give thanks to God for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus do not quench the spirit do not subdue or be unresponsive to the working and guidance of the Holy Spirit do not scorn or reject gifts of prophecy or prophecies spoken revelations words of instructions or exhortations or warning but test all things carefully so that you can recognize the good hold firmly to what is good abstain from every form of evil. There are a lot of of folks that, you know, when we decide, we need to decide to hold firmly to what's good and abstain from evil. A lot of the problems we experience in life have come because we didn't abstain from evil. I mean, we can all admit that, all right? But this is where we can live. This is where we can live. Hold fast to what is good. Focus on what's good. Fill your mind with what's good. Read Philippians chapter 1. Focus on what is good and abstain from evil. Evil thinking, evil speaking, evil actions. Okay. Did you get something out of this? Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, we say it this morning. You are good. And you are only good. You are good. We've made it a cliche. And you are good all of the time. 
you are good and you are better than we think. And Lord, when, when things come into our life or when we get ourselves into things, Lord, we know we have this avenue. We know we can be, let's <laughs> say it that way, we can be the people of the but. Lord, we can say, but God is still good, but I will praise him, but I will give thanks, but I will strengthen myself in the Lord. We can be the people that make that decision. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you this morning to help every one of us in this as we go forward from this place. Help us. If we've left this habit behind, help us to regain it. If we've never built this habit, help us to build it. Lord, we want to be the people out there that are lights. Recognizing, yeah, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in the world, but God is good. And Jesus, you have overcome the world. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.